right. Hey. Hey, Marin. Hey, Nathan. So good to see you. So good to see you, too. You've got your lovely earrings on. Um, we were uh, just talking before this that it's nice. I'm glad you're open to visitors in Berea because we're going to be out there soon enough and i um, looking forward to your winter solstice party. Mm, yeah, me too. Can't wait to have you guys there for the first time and a nice fire and cool people. It's going to be so fun. Are we going to jump over the fire or is that for a different a different time? Hmm, I don't know. Maybe you can rig that up. <laughs> I don't think I'm sure the kids a, would love it. J- we're going to jump over the fires. Uncle Nate's here. <laughs> Crazy Uncle Nate. <laughs> yeah, that might be how it goes. But if not, marshmallows will suffice, I think. Marshmallows. That's right. And I'll bring the wine. We'll, we'll have a nice hangout. Um, yeah. You said something recently. The, the, the best part about collaborating with you, you're in my collaborator program and you know, you and I exchange on patients that you need help with and this and that, but you also send me really uplifting messages. And I'm going to read one here that we're going to talk about today. Um, you had said to me on the 24th, my faith in birth after the last few has been renewed. Just got home from those triumphant home birth after C-section. She was such a badass. And after 48 hours of early labor, she had a super quick active and pushing and rocked it. Ah, and then a bunch of really sweet emojis. So my sweet friend, I want to dig into this one a little bit and I want to find out a little bit about the birth. And I know that your client is very you know, open to you sharing, but also then tell me about this faith being restored in, in I don't know, the whole process. Hmm. Yeah, I really was excited to text you that for all the reasons. And you're always at like the top of my list of, you know, fun things to share that I want to share. So faith being restored. Yeah, it's been, you know, I was reflecting on it. And it's not just been the time in Kentucky. I've only been here a couple of months. I've attended a few births. Uh, They've all been beautiful, but sort of complicated. Mm -hmm. And I think that was definitely part of my assessment of this last one was it was not complicated. But also the last year, it's not just been here. It's been the last year. So Rumi was born a year ago. And, you know, there were, there were a bunch of births left in Arizona. And again, they were all beautiful. So honored to have been with those women, but an element of just complication for the last year for me in birth and feeling like, is this the new normal? You know, even for me personally, my birth was kind of complicated. Like, is this just where we're at? Is there something about the way the world is now? All the bullshit going on that, you know, will there ever be just straightforward, simple births again? Or <laughs> or somehow has my karma changed? And now, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna just be dealing with hard stuff. Um, all of these thoughts had been in my head for the last bunch of months. Yeah. So it was just a complete joy, a simple joy to witness an undisturbed birth, to not touch anything, to not do anything, uh, because there was nothing to be done. And and that yeah. was just really, really a gift uh, for me, you know, and, and for this mom, of course, who, who kicked ass. Do you think a part of it is coming from, I mean, granted, you, you said you were starting to feel some of this in Sedona, but you are in a part of the country where there's a lot of people who have health issues that you're you maybe didn't see a lot of out there. Mm-hmm. Um, was that a part of it? Is that a part of maybe some of the apprehension around birth for you? Sure. I've wondered that. And I and I have done some podcasts on it myself, just this feeling that maybe 
my contribution to being someone's midwife in this part of the country is more physical, if that makes sense, like a more just feet on the earth, you know, dealing with physical bodies kind of stuff. Uh, In Sedona, and this is not better or worse, it didn't feel that way. People were sort of up in the clouds more, right? And so there was more like emotional mentoring and, and spiritual mentoring. And it's felt just so radically different here. So again, not not bad, just different. And wondering if, um, you know, that was what was to come. Or maybe I'm needing different skills and, mm. and different skill skill sets to to just be here. I don't know. Mm. All things I've been thinking. And those may still be true. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I mean, as we just talked about in episode 18, this is episode 19, I think, um, in episode 18, you know, it's a constant practice and you're going to be faced with something that you maybe never saw before, even if you have attended a couple hundred births or whatever. And I do think probably coming from Sedona, you're going to have, you have a lot more of the, I don't know, people probably take care of themselves a little bit better than they do in Kentucky. And that's not to say that people in Kentucky are all unhealthy. I certainly, we live here, you live here, and Jason lives here. We're, we're pretty healthy people. That doesn't necessarily mean that every client out there who's coming to seek our support in pregnancy or otherwise is necessarily in that category. And you and I have actually had to um, divert potential clients that we would otherwise maybe co-manage. We've had to divert them to the hospital and clinical system because it's maybe just not the best person to to be attending birth in because of the high risks. And um, that's not a failure. It's it's also just a reality of knowing what could happen and providing them that counseling. And, and ultimately, it is our decision if we attend a birth at home or not. And um, I will say that there are other people that consider it their role as a midwife or a doctor to be cavalier in saying, yes, I can do anything. And it's confronting. It, it is a little bit confronting. And so... Um, seeing and it you know going back to even our own birth which we talked about in episode 17 Mm. it's nice to just be reminded like oh yeah this process works you know it works for still most people and you know that one bad outcome or that one potential client that you have to actually turn away is not the end of the world it doesn't mean that everything is changing in birth it just me it's just a kind of a reality check that oh yeah this stuff is is out there (laughs) and perhaps you just weren't getting a lot of that in Sedona it just maybe maybe kept you in a bit of a bubble right with with the reality of of what it looks like to attend a birth as a midwife right yeah just different demographic different clientele I mean different energy overall in the actual place so it's been exciting to be here and have all those things be different. It's also given me a lot to ponder, like we're saying, and and in some moments, maybe even worry about just, I don't know if I'm suited to be here, you know, I don't know if I'm the right person for this. And, you know, as we've shared, you're not always the right person. So that's come up too. more complicated cases kind of coming in and being like, hey, you know, that's not for me. I'm sure you'll do great. But I need things to be a bit more simple on my end to support you. So this birth, the one that I had texted you about was really just so perfect. And to be honest, I wasn't there until she was pushing. Uh, That wasn't necessarily the plan, of course. But having had a cesarean the first time, my experience is that 
the labors, especially the early labor, can be really stop and start. You know, sometimes it's a matter of days on and off. And there's just a higher level of unpredictability, right? Yeah. With that, yeah. like, there's not often a pattern. And then you're weighing in the emotions that someone might be dealing with, or the fact that they haven't experienced this or whatever it is. So you're doing a lot of maybe overthinking of mm. that part of the process. But this woman was so confident and didn't need any in-person support for that phase. So we did a lot of phone talking. We did a lot of checking in. And it sounded like, well, uh, sounds pretty normal. You know, baby's moving, you're eating, all is well. And at some point, it will turn into, you're not going backwards anymore, which is how I like to say it. It's going to produce a baby. So we'll just stay in touch and you know, she did such a great job, she and her husband both of just taking care of her and for like a day and a half, just kind of going with it on again, off again, up at night, not up at night. Right. And then when the time came, uh, I barely made it there. And, <laughs> you know, again, not that that's the goal. And, and I'm laughing because she and I had said that to each other, you know, in the prenatal time, she had said, well, when should we call? And I said, well, the goal isn't to get there when the head is coming out, like, we would love to be here with you and support you. And, you know, just whatever it is that's required. So it actually wasn't the plan. But that's how this baby chose it. So uh, Amelia, my daughter was with me and she took photos, which was really so amazing to have her just like her her company. And then of course, her talent. Uh, we got there about 20 minutes before the baby came out. And, you has know, Amelia just, been to births before? Amelia has been to my births, of course. And yeah. then she's photographed one other birth of a former client of mine. And those photos are some of my most favorite ever. So Amelia is exceptionally talented. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know how well any any teenager wants to deal with the on-call life, but this worked out. She was still up at 2 a.m. It was perfect. <laughs> <It's> amazing. <laughs> she got in the car with me and, you know, we got there and then we were home by early morning. So it was just about as beautiful and simple from my perspective. I know this mom worked hard, but she made it look really easy. So yay to that. Was there something that, <clears throat> shameless plug for Amelia Gray Photography on Instagram. Um, yeah, really. <laughs> um, she is an amazing woman, your daughter. Do, do, was there something that happened prior to that text that came through? Maybe you can share a couple examples of how, of something that actually rocked your faith in the process. Hmm. Well, again, I don't want to like, I don't know, not sound grateful for the births and you know for the women that have invited me into their space when things aren't 100% perfect like I think nothing less of them and I love them just as much uh, but it's stressful it's stressful to be in a new place and to not have assisting uh, mm -hmm. I haven't had an assistant since I got here so my lovely doula friend Laura accompanied me at this last birth. And I've been so grateful for her. Um, but I don't have a midwife assistant, I don't have a student. So even aside from like the actual birth stories, it's just been really challenging to handle complications on my own. Uh, and I wouldn't recommend that I don't love the idea. I wouldn't tell anyone to do that. But that's just how that's just how it's wound up. So um, yeah, while it's nice to be at births, 
sometimes by yourself. And this last one, I totally could have been, you never know, you never know. And it's really nice to have a trusted set of hands. And I have really been missing that really been missing it. So do you think, do you think if, I mean, you're going to be a midwife for a long time, I'm guessing, but was there a point in time when you were actually thinking, oh man, these experiences are the, the new I don't know, the, the essence of being a birth worker here in Kentucky <clears throat> is really frazzling me. Did you ever get a sense like, maybe this is, isn't what I'm going to be doing any longer? For sure. And it's not been Kentucky, if I'm being completely honest, for the last, well, I've been attending births for 17 years. And every now and then there's a time like this, a kind of burnout phase or a stressful phase. And I think it's normal and natural to just reflect on, you know, is this where I still should be? Is this really what is bringing me joy? And a couple of times in the last couple of months, I've said, I don't know that it is. If if for no other reason than getting up in the middle of the night and leaving my baby, which is one of the absolute freaking oh, yeah. hardest things to do. Like it is it is so hard. So those kind of things really make you question it. Um and and I think things have shifted for me. You know, it's not the same old practice that I had 8 years ago or even 5 years ago. These are super special women to me. They are super resonant and it feels just so right. So I'm willing to stick with that. I don't need to be the midwife for a lot of people. I don't want a busy practice. I just want mm. to work with the select few that like really get it and I feel really connected to. And then it all just flows. Even when there are complications, they're still the kind of people you want to be with. So that is new and old at the same time. And I think sure. coming to Kentucky has just really clarified that vision for me that like, this is not a um, assembly line or like clinic feel for me. It never has been, but even more so here that like, it's a very deliberate relationship. Right on. Yeah. I've, I've kind of felt that way as, as well myself. Like I'm studying for the oral boards, the OBGYN mm-hmm. boards. And yeah. um, when's that coming up in January? And um, there was a written test last year. I didn't pass it, but the written test had questions on there about things that I'd literally never seen. And so had I passed it, I would be like, fine, I'm board certified or whatever. But it really draws into question the idea of what does board certification mean? Like the way that they're counseling that I'm supposed to be answering questions on this oral exam could be like, let's say there's a shoulder dystocia, right? What what, What are the steps? How do you resolve a shoulder dystocia? It's all that stuff that we know how to do. But then one of the people who's taking this prep course, this board prep course asked, well, what about the Gaskin maneuver, right? Which if anybody doesn't know, it's kind of like an all fours position. It could be a child's pose. It's really kind of getting the hips as open as possible. And many women in birth anyways, feel most comfortable on hands and knees. So that's not something that you see in the hospital. If you're an OBGYN, you don't really ever see anybody on, on, on all fours, particularly because many of them have epidurals and they can't even get into that position safely. Right. They're going to fall off this narrow, you know, kind of shaky bed and so somebody brought that up, and, and the, the guy who's giving the, the prep course, he said, well, he said, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's a good idea to mention that, but, you know, name, name 10 OBGYNs that normally recommend that in, in birth, especially if a shoulder happens, right? Because if a person's on their back, you can do all these fancy maneuvers that we learn how to do, including breaking the clavicle and all this other stuff, right? right? Mm-hmm. So his answer basically was, I wouldn't mention that in the oral boards, because it's not something OBGYNs do. 
And like, that's very confronting for me. If I have this thing that I can use that is helpful, whether it be a homeopathic treatment or some sort of herbal preparation for hemorrhage or you name it, right? That's not the appropriate answer. So it really makes me kind of doubtful. Like, is this really what I want to be doing anymore? Like, do I still call myself an OBGYN if I don't go through the board certification process? Many people would say no. And I can't disagree with them, you know, because I'm not like this is not this is not fulfilling me in any way. Right. I'm just saying the things you need me to say so I can be part of the cool kids club. And I'm not going to practice doing that anyways. So what the hell does that mean? But a lot of people need to know you're board certified in the same way that they need to know you went to certified nurse, nurse midwifery program or something to say that you've got credentials. We talked a little bit about this in our last right. episode. Um, but it really makes me like wonder, like, is this really like what I want to be doing? Like, I love helping you out. I love helping out my collaborators. But is this really how, like, is this really sustaining me? No, the answer is no. So it's a real, it's a, it's a, it's a, my soul is guiding me in a different direction and I'm shutting that voice down in order to continue doing the work to get to the board certification thing, even though it doesn't serve me, like it's not making me happy, you know? And, and so I guess for the reason I say all this is that a takeaway I'm getting from you is that if at any point you're not being served by this thing you're doing, considering how hard it is, you have to be away from your baby. Is that the right thing for you to be doing? Maybe not. Right. It's a good question, I think, to keep asking ourselves this, you know, as we're creating our own lives, essentially, because that's what we're both doing. Nobody's telling us this is the way you do it. Or maybe, maybe people are out there saying that, but we're not listening. We're doing our own thing. <laughs> right, right. So if you're creating your own path, then yeah, it's really valuable to make sure it's what you want to do. And if it's not, or if there are things that need to change to take it in a different direction. And of course, birth is just birth, you know, I'm not looking to change birth. But if I have a role in it, it has to be one that really, really feels good. And you know, it's not like I think being a midwife is only holding space for babies that fall out. Like to me, midwifery is more than that. And I enjoy the challenge that comes with that. But that said, I don't need a challenge every time. Uh, it's really, really <laughs> nice to just remember that not much is needed, that most women will have babies pretty easily and quickly without you. Um, but yet your support is valued. It, it just kind of all works together to feel really good and, and to mm. watch women like this stepping into motherhood feeling so powerful is really the best gift, I think. Right, right. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Well, I'm glad you're still, I'm glad your faith has been restored and I'm glad that you're feeling like, hey, maybe I'm still doing the thing I, I'm, I'm meant to do. I could also see for you, Marin, I could also see you saying, you know what, I've got a lot of kids. I've got a lot of things I want to do for myself and grow as a family. And, you know, we never step in the same stream twice. You maybe wake up tomorrow and you're like, sure. I wish I could spend more time planting or doing, you know, creating herbal preparations or learning accounting for 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 all <laughs> probably not for you that's not gonna probably be the not. next step but or maybe you become a plumber <laughs> you <laughs> never the, know <laughs> you never know so um so there's always that possibility and and we just i think we have to be honest with ourselves one of my mentors once told me like if you're ever feeling bored or just like kind of like eh, with the thing that you're doing especially if your job that you're going eh about comes, you know, if, if it entails taking care of people in their most vulnerable state, then it might be time to take a pause 
and to reconsider, you know, your path here. Um, I'm fortunate. I, I feel very fortunate that you're not there yet. But I think that that time comes for all of us, and eventually, I think it will come. And, and I could totally see you doing something like just teaching more, you know, like focusing more on teaching. Like if we open up a birth center someday, you may not necessarily be attending births. You may be actually apprenticing other people who want to do what you've done for so many years um, and, and, and that you've done so well for all that time. Yeah, thank you. And I agree. I think never say never and just take it as it comes is kind of my motto. And, you know, if you are caring for people, obviously, you're not going to abandon them. But I say to the universe out loud all the time, you know, if there's something else I should be doing or whatever, like, just make it known to me, I'm not going to put up resistance to what should be. So I guess as yeah. long as cool people keep coming and they want me to support them, I'll do that for as long as it feels good. And if they don't, if they stop coming or we make this center, then something else will happen. That's just how it flows. Right on. Yeah. Well, thanks for asking. That was nice to share that with you since I had yeah. wanted to anyway. Yeah, totally. Totally. There's always some, there's always fun little nuggets that come out of these conversations. So thanks for sharing and I will see you next time. All right. 